0: Lord, you love your church, you love your bishop. Would you clap your hands, bless the Lord, for our father, Bishop Flynn Johnson. Right. Okay, let's see how well you did on your test. Question number one. This is your test. Question number one. Name somebody in your someone in your connection group Mm, mm, mm. Sean Conley. Number two What's the name of your church? Number three, how old is your church? If you said 40, eh, how old is Metro? You left me 39, right? Almost 40. Look at your neighbor and say, Lordy, Lordy, Metro's almost 40. Last question. That was the last question. Did you pass or did you fail? How many questions were there? There were three. So if if you missed one, you barely made it. Does anyone remember what it felt like When your teacher said, today we're gonna have a test. Anyone still in college, raise your hand. Okay, do you know what a midterm is? How about a final exam? How much percent is based on your final exam? Some people say 30, I've, I've heard as much as 50%, that's a lot, but that's amazing. I want you to take your seat because you're still in the midst of a test. Wow. In fact, This is only a test. So if you grew up between 1963 and 1997, you heard that same thing am I right this is a test for the next 60 seconds this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcasting system and then what did you hear the truth is test are a part of your life. And you can't escape. You, you get them all the time, even beyond, before and beyond college. I don't know if you've thought about it or not, but most of the things we enjoy, we enjoy them because somebody had to test them. Have you ever thought about what the purpose of a test is? We have, by the way, there's a, there's a debate in the educational system right now as to the validity of standardized tests. And, and the problem is teachers are talking about it, educators are writing about it. They're saying things like this. We spend all of our time trying to prepare for the test, take the test, and pass the test. And we don't get to give people new information because we are so busy testing to see if we've learned the former information. There's another side of the, of the educational community that says we need to take tests out altogether. We don't need any tests. In fact, we are just gonna give everybody A's. Now I grew up when tests were on every level of every portion of education. And if you, I'm sorry, I'm not sure what it is today, but if you got under 70% of the, of the information, you didn't pass. In fact, we used to have the A, B, C, D, F system. Is anybody here remember that? And in, in the school where I grew up, if you got a D, You know, D, uh, you were barely skimming, and you couldn't graduate with Ds. That's the community I grew up in. The teachers that we had expected us to know a a minimum of 70% of the information in order to pass. I'm not sure what area you grew up in, but my parents were sticklers, sticklers on our education. And whenever a test was going to happen, they would make us bring home our report. Is there anybody here still old enough to remember having to bring home your report card? I'm kind of curious. Do they, still, do they still have report cards? Raise your hand if, you, if, you, if you've ever seen your report card. Oh, it's an amazing thing. And have you, have you, have you, do you remember the torture of the teacher handing you your card? In the, in the early days, they trusted us. <laughs> they gave us the report card and we had to deliver it to our parents. Can, do you remember when you were opening it you were wondering, oh, I wonder, and you saw some, not so good reports on that test, and you really didn't want to bring that card home. I'm sorry, I must be talking to a whole new generation because y'all looking at me like you don't understand a thing I'm saying. I remember bringing that thing home, going, you know, giving it to my mom, to my dad, and they would actually look at it. They'd say, why you got a C? I thought I was doing good with a C. How many of your parents they got a little pushed out of shape if you weren't in the A, B category? Raise your hand and look around. I call high expectations. Some of your parents would say things like this: "Oh, in this household, we don't get anything less than A's. This is an A, a household, and the only reason why, sir, you don't have an A because you didn't spend the time doing the thing you was supposed." Anybody coming from that kind of household? My parents even regulated our activities after school. So you could go out and play, but not until you did your homework. Oh, I got the right crowd here today. And you had to spend time. And how many of you are mamas that checked your homework? Raise your hand, please. I want these new parents to look around and see that this is not a strange world. I mean, how many parents struggle helping your kids do the homework? Oh my God, I, I, was, I was reading something Dr. Ben Carson wrote that noted world-renowned surgeon um, who, who is now working in the cabinet, in the president's cabinet, and, and Ben Carson, an African-American, one of the most prominent African-American surgeons in the world. Some of the things that he, he's performed in surgery are world-renowned, and he had major breakthroughs in the field of brain surgery because of the way he did what he did. Well, I I remember, I remember reading about Ben, and Ben was talking about his mama. His mama said, when you come, if you read certain amount of books, then and only then did you have the right to go out and play. Are you there? And that they didn't, his mama did not, oh, here we go, allow him to watch television. And she they said when they bought their homework or their book reports, their mama would check it. And she had red marks, you know, circling this, drawing it all the way over here. And this don't match with this and this match. He found out later his mama didn't read. But the mom was making sure that they got it right. Tests are amazing. I want to talk for a few moments this morning, I don't have much time, about one of the most significant tests in your life and what you're doing about it because I want you to pass because when you pass the the test, you get a promotion. But if you don't pass the test, here we go around in circles. My boy Billy Preston, some of you are too young to have known who Billy Preston was. Renowned organist, keyboard player. He wrote that song, here we go around in circle, here we go like a bird up in the sky. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, wrong, wrong error. So I want you to look at a story right quick with me because I want you to hear the word of the Lord for yourself. If you'll go to Genesis chapter 22, we have one of the most profound tests by the Lord. And you want to get a hold of this because it has the power to promote you. Woe be to any culture that passes their students without test. Woe be to any culture that minimizes and and lowers the standard, not only of what is acceptable, lowers the standard of excellence. I don't know if you know it or not, but America is suffering in the world field of education in terms of how well we're doing in that arena with our, our young people. It is a major crisis across America. And if you don't believe it, if you, if you drive up in the driveway and you see some blue signs and, you, and, and you'll see, you, look at, you start reading the signs, they don't say Metro City. They say Morningside Elementary because other schools in the region have shut down where are the kids gonna go? So the Atlanta Public Schools actually went through a and are going through a major crises as to where they're gonna educate students. Oh my God. And I'm not really telling you the depth of the crises that really exist. In short, Metro City Church has become a partner with And not of public schools and now we have about 170 kindergarten students coming into this building to be educated every week. Clap your hands and say amen. It is a partnership that we want with parents and teachers. We want to serve them as a community church and I believe God has given us a great opportunity but thinking about that raises my awareness again of education and its importance. But you can't have education that changes lives unless you have tests. So I want, you to, I want you to check this out. Are you there? Genesis chapter 22? Listen to the word of the Lord concerning Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And God tested Abraham mm. what did he say? is that what your Bible says? I want to be sure I wasn't making a mistake there let's see if we can, let's see if we can get this to work for us now it came about after these things, that God tested Abraham and he said to him, I want you to get this, God tested Abraham through what he said or an order or a command or a direction. The Bible is not, is not uh, playing games when it uses the word test. To go behind the original language, you'll see it means exactly that. And the word test comes from this concept of fireproof. When you look in the old, in the old English dictionaries, you'll see that that word came from uh, it's metallurgy. It's a word that has to do with the metals. To see if gold is gold and silver is silver. To know whether copper is copper or lead is lead, you have to put it into fire and melt it down to see if it's the real stuff. That's where the word test comes from. In the body of Christ, there's something we need to hear, Metro, today, and I trust that God will make it clear to you that God is the God who reserves the right to test his people. God reserves for himself the right and the privilege of looking at your life and bringing certain tests. And the purpose of those tests, I trust we will learn today so you can cooperate and get your promotion. Tap your name said you need to get your promotion, baby. Now, I'm sorry, but before the days of overcrowded schools, they would not pass a student up because there was no room. In the days of which I was coming, well, growing up in education, if you did not pass the test, you didn't, get to, you didn't get to go to the next grade if you could not read, if you could not write, and if you could not do math. I'm sorry, am I talking to the right people? You can't go on to calculus and you can't even add, subtract, multiply, and come on, divide. If you want to go back a little further in the history of our nation, you can track the progress of our nation by this thing called education. Now, some of you might be shocked, but education in the early days did not start in the university, did not start in the college. Education in this nation, do your history, started in the church. Churches were schoolhouses. Teachers turned that place of worship into a place of learning. This may shock you, but in the early days of this nation, many times the person with the most education happened to be the pastor. If, If he had that education, he would take his rightful position by making sure everybody in his parish everybody in his community, everybody coming to his church house would have the opportunity to learn because in those days, you didn't separate going to church and being a disciple. In those days, it was connected, what you did for a living and what you believed as a person. So it wasn't a a church and state war for education to go on in the building where the church met. If you hear what I'm saying, I want you to give God praise that those days are returning and now education is back in You understand what I'm trying to say? It is a beautiful thing. God never intended your spiritual awareness to be subtracted from your intellectual ascent, from your learning. From your education it's an amazing thing that God uses this term and 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 he, the, the Bible says God tested Abraham and it, n- normally tests are considered very negative and if you read the next sentence you'll see what God said and God told Abraham to do something he said now Abraham, And by this time, beloved, you should know that God has spoken to Abraham so many times until Abraham is not confused as to who is speaking to him. It's amazing how our children can develop deaf ears when we give them a command that they don't want to do. In fact, one of the phrases that my mama used to use, and and, and Carolyn's grandmother used to use, did you hear me? How many of you can remember that term? Did you hear what I said? Now, if that was ever spoken in my household, you are close to danger. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Because if they ever said, did you hear me, that means you're not responding to what I said, so it must be that you have a hearing problem cause if you hear with your natural ears and don't do what I tell you to do you definitely are not going to pass this test. <laughs> and we have a little motivation for you to help you help your hearing. How many of you, your mama, your grandmama, your 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 parents had a little corporal motivation to help your hearing process? I'm sorry, I can't hear that. What's that what? More oh, is that what was called the board? I thought that was a group of people. Oh, I see. The board of education. My daddy would say, I'm going to put the board of education on the seat of your learning. And by the time I get you tan and you hide, you're going to be highly educated. Wow. How many of you understand that with, without some kind of discipline, learning knowledge is not enough? God said, Abraham, I'm not going to test how many plants you can name. How, I'm not gonna, this is not a biology test. This is not a math test. Those are important, but that's not that. This test is, has more foundational importance than any other test you have received up to now. So God says the unspeakable, the unconscionable, he speaks something that you would do. Th- what? You want me to do what? In natural, in natural understanding, it makes no sense what God asked Abraham to do. But God knew that Abraham knew his voice and had learned to follow him. How many of you, one of the great things in your life is when you discern that God was speaking to you. Raise your hand if that's the case for you, that you understand. When God speaks to you, you know the Lord's voice. Jesus said it this way, my sheep, they know my voice and they will not follow another. I know there's a phenomenon in our culture that says that if you, if you say I hear the voice of God, it considers you weird and strange. But the Bible is not weird and strange when it says when Jesus speaks and talks about his sheep that follow him, I am the shepherd of the sheep. I'm the door where they come in and go out. In fact, when I speak, they hear me. They know my voice, and they simply will not follow another. That's what Jesus said. And he gives them that parable. He gives them that, that teaching on this picture. When shepherds led their sheep, it wasn't beating them. Look at your neighbor and the, the, the shepherd didn't beat the sheep. It wasn't by beating them. It wasn't by brow beating them. It, wasn't about, it, it was about speaking to them. This is a reality. In the East, shepherds talk or sing to their sheep. And that, that sheep gets tuned to that voice. I'm going to tell you something. My dad's been gone for many years, but I promise you, if, if he spoke, if I heard his voice, I'd know that voice anywhere. To tell you how incredible your ear is. My, I can have a crowd of 50, 60 people, and my wife is talking, and I can hear her talking. She'd be coming down the hall, and i know the sound of her walk. oh yeah I do oh yeah I do I know her pace amen she usually wears shoes that can be heard when she coming (laughs) in the same way that a mama can tell the cry of her child among other cries mothers if I'm telling you the truth is that the truth you, that's something about that ear gets attuned to the voice well if that's the truth then why is your ear not tuned to the father's so God says Abraham Abraham and God and Abraham is like yes take your son is that right there is that right it says is that what it says take your son read it for me your only son whom you whom you what Love, Oh, God. And then identify this name, Isaac. Then what does it say? And go to the land of Moriah. And what about it? And offer him there as a what? I can hear some of you, some of the millennials, I'm going to burn my baby, you know. Really, God? You want me to kill him? But there's no, there's no misunderstanding the voice of God or the instructions of the Lord. This is something that comes to every life of every believer. You walk with Jesus, you're going to follow him, then he will speak some things to you. And the Bible lets us know right now this is a test, but when God speaks to Abraham, he doesn't know it's a test. He just knows. God's speaking. Take your boy, take him to a place where I'm going to show you and I want you to offer him there. Are you there saints? Offer him on one of the mountains of which I will I will tell you. In other words, I want you to take this boy. You don't know exactly where to go, but you're going to have to continue to follow my voice as I lead you. And you can't act like you didn't hear me because you can't find a place until you, unless you continue to hear me. So he's got the boy. The boy's with him, and he has some men with him, and the Bible says he has some some a beast of burden, they, they take those donkeys and they load the donkey and they've got wood, they've got wood on the donkey and they've got some, some servants with them and the boy's there and he's, the boy's thinking, I'm going on an outing with my dad because Abraham in his wisdom does not say, son, yeah, I'm about to burn you. <laughs> he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, come on son, we're going on a trip. We're going to go on an outing. We're going to go on a nature walk. I go on nature walks with my grandchildren, usually most Sundays. After dinner, we go on a nature walk. So I could see Abraham said, come on, let's go. And he was so excited. And and Isaac is, I get to be with my dad. I get to be with my dad. And unfortunately, not enough for you men know what that's like. For you and dad alone, mom is beautiful and wonderful and tender and merciful and and gracious and all that. But it's something about boys and their daddies. I don't want to speak that much about it right now, but it's a beautiful thing. And all you fathers here that have sons, there's nothing like it in the world. You and your son. I would talk about daughters today. I can do that later, but I want to zero in on this father-son relationship. Because Isaac trusts his father. And Abraham trusts his God. And God says, take him and sacrifice him. Abraham, having heard the voice of God so many times before, gathers up the, the, all of the things that are needed and they go on this journey and it's not a, a one-day trip. Now can you imagine, how is Abraham sleeping on, at night? Thinking, I'm one day closer to giving up the thing for which I waited 25 years. For 25 years God had promised Abraham this thing he wanted so bad for 25 years God promised he and Sarah this gift of a child and they so badly wanted she so badly wanted until she became a midwife she would deliver babies for other people but she couldn't have one herself I want you to see the severity of this test so you can understand where you are and you can go forward with God and when the Lord speaks when the Lord comes and speaks to him he hears and he goes on the third day they find the place he has a a knowing in his heart he knows this is the place and he stops everybody at that small caravan takes the wood puts the wood on Isaac his son's back and tells the servants you guys stay here the boy and I are going to worship God and we will return. So one interesting thing about test, when you know the character of God, excuse me, right there, if you don't know the character of God, when the tests come, you start doubting God. You act like God never spoke to you. You act like he never delivered you. You act like he's never brought you through. Are you serious? When you're under the test of God, you have the temptation of treating everything that happened to you up to to now like it was a myth, a fairy tale, a happenstance. You can go to an encounter and, and have a glorious weekend, and the next week all hell breaks out. Am I talking to the right people? It makes you act like what happened, what declarations, what proclamations, what promises, what deliverance that was not real. Because in the moment, what you desire is so adverse to that. And I tell you now, my beloved, that God is raising up a a believer, raising up a church of believers that do not sway from the character of God, even though everything is falling to pieces in your life. It doesn't negate any miracle he that he that he ascribed. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't put aside the good things that God had done along the way. It just that there comes a time. Tap your neighbor. That there comes a time <laughs> for the test. I said that to set this stage for the next few moments, as you simply observe and think about this about. When God tests you, he he tests your thoughts, your attitude, your dreams, your desires, and he brings up your fears and your hopes. Too often we approach a story like this in doubt. say, what is God doing? We put God on trial, but it's not his character that's in question. It's our character that's in question. And that's precisely what God is testing here. God sends tests for two primary reasons. Number one, it's an opportunity for God to prove himself to you. God can't prove himself to you until there is something that needs to be proven. And secondly, he tests. He tests because. He wants, yes, amen, He wants to give you an opportunity to prove yourself to God. When you get through a test and you, if you've properly prepared and you you, you didn't try to cram, hello somebody. If you didn't cram but day by day, you reviewed the notes, you read them through, you, you highlighted the important parts, you start with the memorization of the part that you're supposed to memorize, and by the way, memory is one of the lowest forms of learning. I said memory is one of the lowest forms of learning. To regurgitate the material back is, is, is the, the lowest level. It's important, but it's the lowest level. How many of you parents know exactly what I'm saying? Because they can tell you exactly what you told them and turn around and go do an opposite thing. Am I, am, I, am, am I talking to the right people? So God, he, he tests, not only not only does he give you an opportunity to, to, to show you how he can provide, but he, he, he tests you. He tests your character. Are you there? That's why we should consider it all joy. Mm, James says that. We should consider it all joy when we experience trials and tests. That's one thing Satan can't stand. He can't stand it when he's throwing everything at you and you don't move from your faith. You don't move from your trust in God. You don't turn your back and go get a fifth because you ain't feeling it. You ain't feeling it right now. I'm trying to talk to somebody right now. You don't run and get the old black book and find those numbers where you can go back and have a little tip dip. Hello, somebody just because it ain't going well right now. When you have an argument at home in your marriage, you, you, you both know the Lord, but you ain't acting like you know the Lord. How many of you understand that situation right there? You know him, but you ain't acting like you know him. How many of you know You don't act like you know him. And, and so, you know, you, now you're squabbling. Now you're not talking that sweet, that nice to each other. Hello? In fact, you ain't saying nothing to each other. You should have got the promotion, but the promotion ain't coming. They pass over you and go to somebody else. If, if, if inside of you, you have doubted God because your present situation is not going the way it, you want it to go, it might be that you've been failing the test. And God is looking for and wanting those who know him, I mean for real know him, And even though negative will come, you you don't judge God by the level of negativity in your life. And here it is. When Abraham, he's on that mountain, he finally gets to the top of the mountain. Instead of putting God to the test, or or instead of judging God, Abraham has Isaac. He binds him. He ties him to (laughs) to the altar. And the boy, can you imagine the boy just land? like, Ooh, are we are we playing a uh, escape? <laughs> oh, that's pretty tight, Dad. Yeah, yeah. We can. play. Let's play a game, son. <laughs> How quickly can you get out? You know. But, but he's laying there. And the Bible says, Abram, Abraham took the knife. That's the nature of the sacrifice that God asked him. And he raises the knife to slay his own son. But don't forget, at least Abraham had enough knowledge about God. uh, God, I don't presume, Lord, to know how you're going to turn this test around or this situation around. But you're telling me to give you back what you gave, what I waited for 25 years. You're asking me to give it back to you by slaying it. But he already said, "We're going up to worship." but the lad and I, we shall return. So the only thing we can come up with is is Abraham's thinking, Lord, if you got to raise this boy from the dead, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know what you said, and I'm going to do everything you said, and I'm going to trust you that what you promised you're going to make happen at the very end. And so he did. He raised the knife. hmm and the Bible says you better consider it joy. Consider it joy when you go through trials and temptations because they prove you. They prove you can handle the blessing. Talk to your neighbor for me. Preach to, preach to your neighbor for me. Say, if you come through the trial, is proof you can receive the blessing. Every blessing is preceded with a trial. So if you're in a trial right now, Guess what? Somebody give him praise in this house right now. Somebody give him praise in this house right now. Someone bless the name of the Lord. I might be going through a little bit, but that's all right. Because when I come through this, when I come through this, there's something waiting. Lord, have mercy. And it's my trial that says I can handle what he's about to bring. I, 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 I need to hurry. Abraham was all in with God when he raised that knife. If Abraham hadn't gone all in, he would have robbed God of the opportunity to provide what Abraham really needed. Bible says when Abraham raised his knife and the angel had to put his hand and stop him because he was going to do it because that's what God said. So I want to say this to those of you who are going through a trial right now. I'm going to speak to you parents that are right there, right there. You have not let that child go. You have not let him go. And that's why. That's why they haven't come on, the, uh, come on to, un, to understand and to know God, because you still trying to control the situation. That child grown, you are trying to make a grown child do what only a grown child has to decide on his own to do, not, not by you. You got a partner that's not, that's not, that's not, Lord have mercy, if the partner's not being faithful to the situation or a partner that that is acting opposite of what you know a married person should be. But you know God gave you that person. Don't back up and say, well, maybe God didn't give me this person. No, God gave the the person to you, and now the test is, are you going to stay true while God does a turn in the heart of of your partner? You see how quiet it got? A little quietness came over over them right now. Did you feel that? I'm going to preach anyhow. I'm going to preach anyhow. Because I know, I know that God can turn your situation around. In fact, if you get it right, sir, if you get it right, ma'am, God will put such pressure, Lord have mercy, on that mate until you will be shocked. You won't have to say a word. God knows how to get the attention of your mate. Tell your your partner what he said. God knows how to get the attention of your mate. He knows how to do that. You got to go through this test. What you going to do? You going to pass or you going to fail? God will test you to make sure that what you trust in is not yourself or your own identity or your own strength or your own power. When you start walking with God, you know, in the beginning, the Lord is my, I shall not, he makes me to, in, he restores, he leads me, that's the what? He restores, he makes me walk in, Uh, did I say it right? What's that, what? yeah there it is he leads me in paths of righteousness for who leads you he leads me in paths. for what his name Yea, though i through the of the of what about it i will fear no evil and that's where many of you are right now you're in the test you got shadows you're in the valley and God wants you to learn how to put a smile on your face. Put a pep in your step. Put a proclamation in your mouth. Opposite of what you were experiencing. Because this is a test. Excuse me. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the, come on, shadow of death, I will. Why? For thou art. Look at me for just a second before we go when you go through the test, you don't be feeling it. When you go through one of God's tests, I'm going to tell you, you feel the opposite. Look, walking to the valley of the shadows is no indication that thou art with me. So you have to grab that based on what he said in the beginning. Tap your neighbor and tell him that God's not going to leave you. Are you serious? After what he's done for you, you think he's going to abandon you? After what he paid for you, you think he's going to let you alone? You think God is going to turn his back on you after laying his life down for you? Are you, are you kidding me? We used to say where I grew up. Oh, you tripping! Oh, you tripping right now. In fact, I I gotta, I gotta close this. In fact, I want you to stand on your feet so I can shut up. When you, yeah, do. I want you to stand. When, When you go through your test, beloved. When I didn't say if I said when, when you go through your test, you must remember what he said in the beginning I'll be with you even to the end of the age I will never leave you nor will I forsake you just cause you can't feel him don't mean he's not there tell him what I said tell him what I said just cause you can't feel him don't mean he's not there so what, what you do what do you do you gotta act like he's there before you feel like he's there and if you keep acting like he's there and blessing him and, and praising him while you're there and doing what is right while you're there while you don't feel him there god finally he will shot and then he will reward you he said this is what i have for you on the other side but i had to take you through this so you can handle this right here lift your hands to the lord There's so much more I want to tell you about this because most people don't know how to do well for the test. They have forgotten what God has said. You, 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 You must develop a posture that I am in God and he is in me. I am in Christ and he is in me. And that my emotions my intellect is not the lord of my life do not judge your life by your feelings let your actions line up with his commands let yourself walk in that action according to his commands while Everything else is opposite. Don't you dare change your direction, your conviction. You must say to God, God, and some of you need to be praying this. Lord, this is tough right now, but I am not moving from what you told me when you told me what you told me. when you understand what I'm talking about then you can identify your real enemy who is there to make you get off course and get off track and, and do something crazy. Do you know that most people when they, when they sin they really mess up it's because they do something stupid because they're mad at God Don't you do it Tap in and say, Don't do it baby Don't do it Don't, don't, don't do that." We're gonna pray in a moment. Check this out. So, Isaac is on the altar. Abraham's got the knife. The angel blocks him. And then God speaks to him again. Now this is really crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm serious, it's right there in the 22nd chapter. You can read it, I hope you do. I hope you take it and make it part of your devotion. The Lord said, now I know. Here's what God said. Now, Abraham, Abraham, don't do the boy any harm. Did God, was, was he conflicted in his commands? No. Because Abraham already sacrificed him in his heart. Excuse me. What he loved the most would have been waiting on the longest He could not let it own him. He had to own it as a gift from God. And whenever what God gives you, whenever you start holding on to the thing that God gives you, and you make the gift, the object, a test is coming. Because you got to reverse that thing and make the giver of all gifts. Make him the option. Only then can I hold this gift The way I need to hold. Lord, have mercy. This works with your money. This works with your children. This works in your marriage. This works with your career. Some things people want so badly they're almost willing to do anything to get it. And by the way, if you have to do anything to get what you want, meaning if you have to go outside the confines of the word of God or, or ethics or, or, um, or, or, or legality, that, that wasn't from God. God knows how to get, get to you what he wants to get to you. You don't have to lie, cheat, and steal. Amen. Tell your neighbor. You ain't got to lie. You ain't got to cheat. You don't have to steal. You don't have to pull down your pants, and you don't have to lift up your skirt. I'm talking to somebody right now. When God gives it to you, he makes it legal, ethical, righteous, truthful. Amen, somebody. Can you believe the bishop said, pull up your skirt? Yeah. Some people say, well, I'm doing good, but you know, if I can't get it that way, hey. Tell your neighbor. Said, no, you don't have to do that. God knows how to get it to you. He said, well, somebody standing in my way. God knows how to move that person out of the way or go around that person. When Abraham raised that knife and the angel said, now I know that you fear me. Oh, what a statement. I know that you fear God. I know that you respect me more than your circumstances. You respect my word to the fact that you will be willing to obey it to the nth degree, even to your, what seems to be, to your own hurt. There is a reward. Some of you, you've been holding up your reward because you've been trying to sidetrack and go around and trying to finagle because you want something so bad. Listen, do you want something so bad that you want it more than God? Maybe your test is about reversing that situation. Maybe God wants you to remember that I am the giver of all gifts. Maybe he wants you to be in love with the giver and not in love with the gift. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord praise. I'm sorry, but this works in marriage. Give me just a little bit. This works in marriage. This works in marriage. If you love your husband more than you love God, you're about to mess up. You love your husband. Your, your wife more than you love God you're about to mess up and, and I, I need to say this because if you love your wife to the extent that you would do what she tells you to do and you know that what she tells you to do is opposite of what God told you to do you, we're about to see a test come but the minute you place all other things beneath him from him Through him and unto him, God can get anything, he can get anything, anyone to you. So what is it with you? God, your heavenly father, drawing you back to his lap, drawing you back to his breast. God, your heavenly father, drawing you back to his love first. Primary before all other things even the things you are passionate about and the things you want so badly maybe God being a jealous God doesn't want that passion to be above himself because his proclamation is if you want me above all things else I give you everything else delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you come on saints the desires of your heart Come on, stand in this altar, those of you that need to. Stand in this altar if you need to let go of your Isaac. What is your Isaac? Thing you've been holding on to for so long? Thing that's about to destroy you? Because you're about to do something crazy because you don't think you can have it or keep it? In the name of Jesus, those of you that need to release your Isaac to the Lord, come now in the name of Jesus and stand in this place as a proclamation before God Almighty. I place you, Father, above all things, before all things. It is the only way for you to get peace. It's the only thing for you to get what you really want. You get him, you get everything. Thank you for your courage. Set your heads toward these that are in this altar today because it takes courage to admit that. And pray for those that are supposed to be down here that are not. Choose in your heart which is first, which has the preeminence, Jesus or the thing or the person. Make him first. If you're going to get in this thing, Get all the way in. Give me, some, give me some help in this altar, please, with my brothers and my sisters. It's a really, really, seriously, it's a big thing. It's a big thing before God to surrender to the Lord the thing you love the most. I didn't talk about it today. I'll talk with you about it next time. I, I want to talk about the death of a vision. It's a principle that many believers don't know and that's why they're mad with God because really God can't get you what you really want until you have a rebirth. You have to have a death and a rebirth. The greatest things in life, the things that cost the most, things that are most precious, have to first die before they are alive. Because at first they're in your heart and by your hand. But God says, no, it's not going to be that way. I'm going to, I want you to kill it so when I resurrect it, you'll know it came from me. And you won't wrestle with it anymore. Because you know what? When they came, God provided a, a ram in the bush for the true sacrifice and the boy got up off the altar. But that boy, when he got up off that altar and they put that lamb and they sacrificed that lamb, hello somebody who understands the scripture, when he sacrificed the lamb instead of the lad, the lad became a multitude. <laughs> I said the lad became a multitude God fulfilled everything that he wanted to fulfill in Abraham's life because he passed the test raise your hands everyone before we go to this place surrender to the Lord Jesus what belongs to him if I were you I would first give him myself yourself you do that you're saying I no longer own me God owns me. Everything else is his. By the way, once you once you get that, you get free. I mean, really free. Cuz once you once, once God owns you and once he's your provider, then you know you don't you don't have to just squeeze a Squeeze a, a dollar out of a dime. You don't have to. You 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 don't have to penny pinch and you don't you don't have to stay up light and late at night trying to figure out how you're gonna make it work. No, you just obey the Lord. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the sons and the daughters who are offering you their Isaac, would you honor? they're offering today would you father give them that peace that says it belongs to you it all belongs to you would you give them that 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 would you give them that confidence inside that says I got this what have you been trying to make happen on your own I'm gonna make happen for you Lord, I bless you and I praise you. I'm placing it before you. My child, my partner, my future. I'm placing it before you. My career, I've been trying so hard to make a breakthrough. Making myself sick trying to achieve something that's destroying me and my family. Lord, I'm placing it before you. Only you can give it back to me, resurrected. Lord, if you give it back to me, resurrected, nobody can kill it. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Let your heart, let your heart first be his, be the first gift of your life to God. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. Tell him that, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I want you to come and take control. I want to pass this test. Would you come, Father, invade the places of boredom of your people and cause them to hear your voice and cause them to obey that voice that the excitement may flow back in their lives again. I I do praise you, Heavenly Father, that you answer the prayer of the heart surrendered to thee. Thank you for answering their prayer today. Lord, we do love you and we thank you and we trust you. Show me how to walk in the middle of this trial. Show me how to talk in the midst of this trial. I don't want to sabotage my blessing that you have coming. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, be Lord in each life. Bring the change. Bring the healing. Bring the forgiveness. Release the redemption. I do praise your holy and righteous name. Lord God Almighty, You have called me friend. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.